from high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Tuesday, August 30th. Mill Creek is back to a slow trickle this afternoon as tractors work nearby, adding to a person-high pile of mud. It's a lot different than it was on the night of August 20th, when this creek became a river and up the creek campground on its banks was wiped out. Oh my god. <gasps> Those sounds are from a video taken by Ariel Atkins that night. She and her husband Brad Woodford run this tent-only campground just a short walk from Main Street. And just to kind of give you like a visual of the power that came through here, those picnic tables over there, those are about, those are still picnic tables. They're very heavy. They're like, I don't know, 600 pounds, probably. They were dead manned in with rebar. And uh, two were still here, like in the campground. Eight are gone. We don't know where they are. We've gotten some pictures. We think they're still in the creek. The 18-site campground has been in Moab for 30 years, and most of the sites are near the creek. So campsite 13 is, I'll show you where it's at, but it's all the way in our back corner. That picnic table was wrapped around, let me just show you which tree. Yeah. It was wrapped around that tree. The night of the 20th, Atkins and her husband were at home with their children. There was a light rain, but they kept an eye on the radar and the gauge upstream. Once the kids were in bed, her husband decided to drive down and check on the campground. So he kind of got here just by chance. And um, he said that when he got here, there was one guy running around saying, shaking tents, saying, get out, get out, run, run. But everybody else was sort of like not processing what was happening. One car got slammed into our sign and the other one was like shifted into the center. So in our parking lot right there, there was enough water to push and move vehicles. Woodford arrived just as floodwaters were carrying away tents and pushing cars down the street. The parking lot was knee-deep in mud. Many of the vehicles parked there were filled with water. And we had campers, like, in bare feet. We had campers in their underwear. Um, some people got away but didn't even grab their cell phone keys or wallet. I mean, literally, they were running for their lives. Woodford frantically searched the property and helped campers get to higher ground. He made it to campsite 14 near the back of the property and watched as the waters rose. It was pretty much chaos and water was rising and starting to push tents downstream. And um, he suddenly sees these two girls trying to get out of their tent. The two girls had gone to bed early so they could hike in the morning. At around 8.30 at night, they woke up as water rushed into their tent. Woodford saw them struggling to get out. And my husband was standing here and he raced over to like help them out. And um, by the time the girls said that they got out of their tent, the water went from ankle deep to they said waist deep in 20 seconds. They made it out just in time. A wall of debris washed through the campground moments later. Atkins says that if the flood would have happened an hour or two later, at dark and when more were asleep, dozens could have died. And if you think of the, the force that take, it takes to take a a uh, 600 pound picnic table that's dead manned into the ground with rebar and toss it from back there to the front of our campground and lose eight down the stream, no one would have had a chance of survival. 
That night, local emergency alert systems didn't notify anyone of a flood. A National Weather Service alert went out to cell phones at 9.49 p.m. By then, Woodford had pulled the girls from their tent. The close call at Up the Creek Campground has local officials sounding the alarm over a lack of an alarm. The night of the flood, residents got their information from social media or looking out of their window. Moab City engineer Chuck Williams says we don't have a real-time flood warning system. As far as I know, there is none in Utah, but in Arizona, they're everywhere. And I've been around them, so a real-time flood warning system. That's at a Moab City Council meeting a few days after the flood. The area does have an alert system at the county level that requires users to sign up for the service. In theory, during an emergency like a fire or flood, responders send a message to Grand County Sheriff's Dispatch, and that message is sent out to residents. But Williams and others think we need more than that, maybe something that doesn't rely on human input. There's computer models where you can punch in the numbers and say, whoops, uh, we just had an uh, inch and a half of rain in the last hour. That has the potential, up at this gauge, this has the potential to produce 1,000 CFS down at the next location. So that, I think, is a very valuable thing. It costs money. According to the Grand County Sheriff's Office, dispatch didn't receive a message the night of the flood to send out a warning. It's unclear if the system has ever been used for a flood or other natural disaster. Local governments around the country use the same program called AlertSense. Some reviewers of their app online say they don't get alerts during obvious emergencies. Here's Councilmember Jason Taylor from that city council meeting. You know, it was my understanding that even the last flood that people asked that this communication go out and no one knew how to use the communication. It's unacceptable. You know, it's like, man, how do you tell someone whose kid or something just washed away in a flash flood that, um, you know, the, the dispatcher didn't know how to work the system. City Council Member Ronnie DeRossery has been pushing the issue of emergency alert systems for years. She says it's not about finger-pointing or blaming individuals. It's about changing a system before a mass casualty event happens in Moab, especially in an era when so-called 100-year storm events happen twice in one summer or increased threat of wildfire due to drought. And so honestly, I've asked myself for a long time, first as a resident, but certainly as a city council member, like when stuff happens, how am I supposed to know about it? And probably 90, 95% of the time things have happened, um, in the last few years, um, I did not find out through any official channel. I was finding out from just random friends. She says when people ask her where they should go for information about an emergency, she doesn't know what to tell them. And that's after spending time looking into the issue as an official. My impression has been communities around us do have functional alert tent systems with reverse 911. And it does require someone, a human, to input information about an emergency so that a prompt will go out. But um, I do feel like that's something our community deserves. And for years, people have been signing up thinking that's what they were getting. Meanwhile, the owners of Up the Creek Campground say they're on pause. They've canceled the rest of the season and are just counting their blessings. Because this could have been a mass casualty situation if it had happened in the middle of the night. As is, we're lucky that we didn't lose the lives of those girls or my husband. Atkins says without changes to the emergency alert system, she doesn't know if it's right to run this campground. Is this an ethical place to put people in the future? I think we need to talk to engineers, we need to talk to arborists, we need to talk to the city and the county to see if they're going to be able to like put in 
warning systems and storm water management systems that are going to prevent a massive life-threatening flash flood through the middle of town and especially our campground. And even then, she says the trauma from that night will be long-lasting for her and her husband. He's like, even if we get a green light from an engineer in the city and the county and we find the funds to rebuild, he's like, I'll never sleep if it's raining. I'll never sleep. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, August 30th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.